Getting Heaven in the People, episode 42, Readjusting Our Spiritual Lives with Gordon McDonald. Well, welcome back to Getting Heaven to the People. I'm Dave Ripper from Crossway Christian Church, coming from our offices in Nashua, New Hampshire. And thanks for joining us for episode 42 of our podcast. If you caught our last episode, we listened to a riveting talk given by Pastor Gordon McDonald here at Crossway in the summer of 2019. And so today's episode, I sit down for a short conversation with Gordon about how we might go deep. As a 30-something, hearing about the spiritual journey from an 80-something's perspective is just invaluable. So enjoy this conversation that I got to share with Pastor Gordon McDonald. One of the struggles I think a lot of us have is believing that at some point in life, these kind of restless, kind of anxious questions seem to go away. But you're telling us here, as I hear it and understand it, that, that this is to be expected, that as we go through life, there will be questions that kind of gnaw at us along the way, and we shouldn't necessarily think something is wrong when these questions emerge, but perhaps they're invitations for us to, to become deeper people. You said it well. Um, my theory, and that's all it is, is that about every seven years, we have to readjust our Christian lives. Just one simple little example. When I was a teenager, my heroes in the Bible would have been Joseph, Daniel, David maybe, these young guys that were so strong. And I, I, I dreamed of being the kind of man that I see them being, that everybody would want to come to. Who are my heroes now? Well, Joshua 14, Caleb. Here I am, Caleb says, I'm 85 years of age and I'm still as strong as I was at the age of 40. Uh, by the way, what he's saying is, I'm able to father children. <laughs> but, and then, then you have Anna and Simeon who come to the temple and identify the Messiah and affirm Joseph and Mary. Or Zechariah and Elizabeth, the old man and woman who are a mentor to Mary as she's pregnant with the baby Jesus. Those are my heroes now. Those are the kind of people when you're in your 70s and 80s you look at and say, if they can do it, I can do it too. But when I was young, my heroes would have been different people. So in each 7 to 10 years, there are new challenges and new answers uh, that are coming at us. And, and you build on what was, but you're now into new territory. That's great. I think it just uh, helps affirm a lot of us that something isn't wrong if we are feeling this kind of restlessness. These are just some of the real milestones that the Lord is leading us yeah, on you, to help deepen our faith. You, you could say, David, that restlessness is a gift from God. It's a way of getting us back and moving because if we're just going to be the same Christians year after year after year for 50 years, what a bore. That's true. So, you know, is there anything more beautiful than to meet an old woman or an old man and, and feel the grace and the tenderness and the, the depth and the unshakability that they have when they walk into the room? We've all met a few of those. Not enough, but a few of them. These questions are really great guideposts for us as we journey through the entirety of our lives to, to help become more and more like Jesus what do you think keeps us from asking and answering these questions? I've run into 
fewer people than, than I would maybe like to see that are really asking these questions, reflecting upon them, because there's a lot, they're scary. There's a lot of fear uh, behind them um, as we confront reality. What might you say to someone who would be hesitant to really ask these questions? Because it could be easier in life just to keep going through the motions as is than to pause and to reflect. I'm not sure you can persuade a person to think about these things um, just for the joy of doing them. Um, almost always there is something that upsets the apple cart. Now, I'm not always talking about pain and defeat and failure, although those tend to be the part of a lot of stories. You know, as I look back through the years, the, the, the great moments that I feel where I've met another stair step, They've often been upsetting moments, painful moments where, where yeah, I failed. But, the, but there are times when God will meet you if you're open to him with great insight. You read a book and you're never again the same from what the author said. Or you meet someone along the line. Or there, there's a moment of opportunity and, and the kindness of God breaks through. And when you come out the other end, you're a different human being. Wonderful. Uh, that's great. And one of the things, uh, Aaron and I have both been privileged over the last couple of weeks to spend time individually with both you and with Gail, and uh, both of you, as Aaron and I reconvened to talk about what we spoke about with both you and Gail. That was fun. That was great. Yeah. Uh, you both... You bought lunch. <laughs> that's true. I, I think she <laughs> bought lunch for Aaron, though, so... Um, uh, she... Did I shake you up? That's okay. No, that's okay. No, that's good. Um... What was, what was I talking about? You did. <laughs> Apparently, you did. <laughs> you were talking about yeah. how much fun we had. I know. It was, it was, yeah, it was and then you experience. paid for lunch. That's we great. were talking about that. Yes. But you both impressed upon us the importance of the discipline of journaling. And here at Crossway, we've been talking a lot over the summer about practicing the way of Jesus. And the way to do all that Jesus commanded us to do, which is what he's called us to, is, is not just by trying harder, but by training ourselves become the kind of people who would more easily and routinely do all that Jesus said. And as I look at your life and the faithful journey that both you and Gail have, have lived, deepening all throughout that, that time period, I would guess that journaling was a very important and integral practice in your own life. And could you tell us a little bit about that? And, and then if we were maybe hoping to get started in that practice, what might be a step that we could take? Well, first of all, we need to say that not everybody will agree and come to the same conclusion. So we throw out the idea and we make note that, that all the way down through the, the centuries, a lot of godly women and men uh, kept journals. And we've profited from them in our, in our generation because we can go back 600 years or more and, and read the insights of people who were struggling with the issues that were fresh in that day. My own uh, coming to journal was started, I mean, literally, I can tell you, December 18th, 1968. I hit a wall, um, and we don't have the time to go into it, but it was a, there, there, I went through several weeks where it just seemed like all of life collapsed on me. And um, one Saturday morning, it, it reached its peak, and uh, Gail was so wise and tender, and she just held me in her arms for the, the whole morning uh, and let me have kind of a catharsis, and then said to me, why don't you sit here for the afternoon 
and try to figure out what God's trying to say to you. And through the afternoon, I did sit quietly. And I remember there came this moment, David, when um, if I've ever felt that God spoke out loud, it was this moment. Because what I heard was these words. Now you know what it's like to live out of an empty soul. And I thought, an empty soul. That's what this really is. It's an empty soul. How do I fill this empty soul? And the thing that came to me first is, I've got to write something each day about what's happening and what I think God is saying so it just doesn't go through one ear and out the other. So I went down to an office supply store and I bought a spiral-bound notebook. And uh, I have these notebooks. I have about that pile of notebooks, about probably three piles of these. And Gail, by the way, has more. Uh, our children someday are going to have to build an extra room onto somebody's home <laughs> if, if they keep these things. But what I found in the writing in the journal each day, whether it was just three lines or 30 lines or what more, was I was able to put my feelings, my fears, my dreams, my hopes in solid block letters that didn't just go away, but remained with me. And to this day, one of the very first things that both of us do, now we're in our 50th year of journaling, and um, those journals are very precious, uh, to us anyway. But uh, from the simplest to the most complex thing, it's all there, and it helps us to put into real words the experiences we're having. That's wonderful. We could talk for, for hours, and this was really wonderful. But can we thank uh, Gordon again for sharing such wonderful words and thoughts with us? Well, I just loved several of the key phrases that Gordon dropped in our conversation. Every seven years, we have to readjust our Christian lives. That's just profound. As I think about my current stage of where we are with parenting, it feels like we're beginning to come out of a seven-year time where in my own relationship with God, it has involved maybe less silence and a lot less solitude perhaps than it has in the past, but there's been other more family practices and ways of loving my neighbor within my home that have really formed a lot of my relationship with God. And so I'm wondering what's next, but sometimes we might feel guilty if it feels like the practices that we did in different seasons of our lives we're not doing here and now. And maybe we need to stop feeling guilty and maybe just acknowledge and admit and be aware that we need to go through some readjusting of our Christian lives, to use that phrase that Gordon so eloquently delivered uh, for our own walks with God as well. So how might you need to readjust your life with God for the season that you're in right now? Another phrase I loved was that restlessness is a gift from God. As kind of an angsty millennial at times, I feel like restlessness is an intrusion. But Gordon wants to help us reframe that to see restlessness instead as an invitation, and not just an invitation, but a gift. Where are you feeling restless in your life right now? How might that be an unexpected gift? Maybe it's an unwanted reality, but within that unwanted reality, there is an unexpected invitation for you to grow closer to God, to grow in your calling, grow in the way that you practice the ways of Jesus. Restlessness is a gift from God. 
And I just love the idea of filling an empty soul. We need to do that, and we need to do that in healthy ways to tend to our souls like we've talked about so often in this podcast. So how might God be inviting you to be filled up in your soul and the deepest aspects of who you are with his love and goodness and truth and beauty and grace. Well, I want to thank you for listening and continue to tune in, subscribe, share these episodes if you found them helpful. If you missed any of those first 40 episodes, that was a real curriculum for Christ-likeness and journey. Go back and listen. I would encourage you to do so and stay tuned as we continue to learn how we might be people who don't just try and get heaven into others, but allow God to help us form and shape communities and groups and friendships where heaven could get into into people because we believe as that happens more and more people are going to discover the life and love and mission of Jesus so may the grace of our Lord Jesus and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always friends grace and peace